Welcome to Raising Christian Kids. Your host, Leanne Mancini, is extremely passionate that children build a strong, foundational relationship with Jesus before the age of 10. Children need head and heart knowledge in order to stand strong against the world's ever-increasing rejection of Christianity. You will be equipped with methods and techniques to help to solidify a relationship between your child and Jesus. So let's dig deep and help the next generation to love Jesus with all their heart, soul, and mind. Hello and welcome back to Raising Christian Kids. So we're going to talk today about indoctrination and brainwashing. Have you heard of G.K. Chesterton? He was born in the 1800s and is considered one of the best writers of the 20th century. I first heard of his name when Rave Zacharias spoke about him in his lectures. G.K. Chesterton is quoted quite often, and I love this quote of his. Without education, we are in a horrible and deadly danger of taking educated people serious. Wait, what did he say? Let me read that again. Without education, we are in a horrible and deadly danger of taking educated people serious. Let that sink in. It makes perfect sense when we understand Ephesians 4.14 that states, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. You know, there are many educated, and I'm doing air quotes, people who claim to be or act as if they are, in fact, experts. However, they can be expertly wrong. Hence the warning from G.K. Chesterton. Christian values can be instilled through indoctrination. And indoctrination has a bad connotation. But when it comes to indoctrinating the biblical principles and raising children to have a strong faith in, in Jesus, there is nothing wrong with that word. It's actually the word we should be using, and it's the form in which we should be teaching. Some people consider indoctrination to be a form of brainwashing. However, brainwashing does not use rational argument, but instead it uses forceful psychological manipulation, and brainwashing does not allow for free choice of thought. Remember, we are teaching our children, we're indoctrinating, but we're also transforming their hearts. And we're teaching them not only what to believe, but why they should believe it. People who are against biblical indoctrination are really against the message being taught, not the form in which it is being taught. The reformers of the 16th century emphasized the importance of indoctrinating children in Christianity. Children need corrective biblical doctrine that is indoctrinated into their minds and hearts if their faith is going to survive and thrive. Look what's happening to our world. Look what's happening to our world. It is sad. It's very sad. It's, it's scary, too. If it's scary for adults, you know it's scary for children. They see what's going on. They hear what's going on. We don't give them enough credit for understanding all that they do understand. And also, we engage in so much material to grow our faith as adults, reading self-help books and faith-growing devotions. Maybe if we took the time to really teach our children as much as we teach ourselves, we wouldn't have to worry about our Christian heritage and future. 
The secular world and the evil schemes of Satan will continue to gain ground, winning the battle for the souls of our children if we don't start indoctrinating our children early. Again, what worked in the 50s, 60s, and 70s is not working now. We have to change our methods. It was a different time then. I remember most people went to church on Sunday, and the stores were also closed on Sunday. The music was more wholesome. And we are still training our little ones in the things of the Lord as if we lived in those times. I think many of us are still doing that. We need a revelation on how we are teaching. We need to indoctrinate Christ and his word into their hearts, souls, and minds. If we want to keep them strong in the faith, we have to do this. Preteens are not like the preteens of long ago. Teenagers now are not like teenagers of long ago. They are facing so much more evil and evil influences. Laws are no longer Christian-based in truth, but are based upon sinful relativism. What is Christian doctrine? Well, the Dictionary of Bible Themes states, The body of teachings of the Christian faith concerning its central beliefs. Doctrine is grounded in Scripture and aims to maintain the integrity of Christianity by distinguishing it from non-Christian beliefs. Doctrine is of central importance in Christian preaching and teaching in that it equips the people of God for effectful and faithful service in His Word. Indoctrinate means to accept a set of beliefs uncritically through repetitive instruction. It is an effective method to instill biblical doctrine that promotes a Christ-like character. Before you pull out the next Christian guidance book, first pull out your Bible. Get on your knees and ask for guidance, discernment, and the will and strength to raise your child not only to believe in Jesus, but also to become a part of the next generation to bring the revival that we desperately need in our country. What your child believes in their mind and desires in their heart will dictate their path in life. As early as possible, until the day they see the Lord face to face, children need to learn facts and truth. This is why the Shema command prayer is so important. A foundation of Christian doctrine that is not strong or rooted deeply will be unstable, like the seeds that were planted on the rocky soil, which represent those who only hear the word, but they have no root. A child who is rooted in the good news will enjoy God's commandments and will understand that his law is a blessing to them. Psalm 1 verses 1-2 states, Blessed is the man, or we could say child, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Just as the new temple in heaven will be built upon a foundation, the Bible is the foundational stone, the living word that we need in order to instill spiritual insight into our children. I know I might be saying this often and and being repetitive in this, but it's so vitally important that we understand that we have to instill biblical doctrine. We have to indoctrinate our children in God's laws and his ways and teaching them values and characteristics of the Lord. And we need to do it often and and start early if we're going to change our world. Children need to have a relationship with the one who gave us his doctrine and theology. And you know, it is good to know about Jesus, but more importantly, they need to know Jesus. And what do I mean by that? How do they know Jesus? They need to taste and see that he is good. That's what his word says. 
And it's like an apple. You've heard it's good to eat and it looks good to eat, but you have to bite into the apple to know its true composition. This recalls how Jesus also took the words of our fall. Eve took, ate, and gave to her husband. And he redeemed those to be the words of our salvation when he said to his disciples, Take, eat, and he gave to his disciples. In Psalm 34, 8, we are instructed to taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. These verses apply to our children just as much as they apply to us. So, how can we indoctrinate biblical facts children can understand and retain? We start by indoctrinating our children's vocabulary and linking words to their emotions. For example, a six-month-old baby loves to look at his reflection in the mirror. When he smiles at himself, tell him excitedly, Jesus loves you. You are connecting his wonderful emotions with the name of Jesus. You are preparing that soil to be fertile ground. When your child is born, whisper in their ear, Jesus loves you. Let it be the first words they hear, the name of Jesus. In the Muslim religion, immediately after birth, the father whispers in the right ear of the infant, God is great. There is no God but Allah. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Come to prayer. This devotion to Allah continues. In the book Seeking Allah, it states, from memorized occasional prayers to elaborate daily rituals, devout Muslims are steeped in remembrance of Allah and performance of Islamic traditions. Part of their indoctrination process starts at dawn across the Islamic world. The core beliefs of Muslims are repeatedly proclaimed from the rooftops. Do we do anything remotely close to this? I don't think so. This is the start of indoctrination. Did you know at three years of age, ISIS school teaches children preparedness to fight for Allah, and they teach them what jihad means. In the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, it states, In Saudi Arabia, some school children are taught that Jews are pigs and non-Muslims, infidels, should be killed. While thankfully a majority of Muslims do not believe that non-Muslims should be killed, it is the militant Muslims that teach this type of jihad straight from the Quran. Listen, they indoctrinate their children early. And this is why an eight-year-old in these schools learns to kill in the name of Allah. They take guns and they kill in the name of their God. Should we not indoctrinate our children to love in the name of Jesus? Also, did you know that in Jesus' day, all Jewish children were required to memorize the Torah by elementary school age? Listen, that's the first five books of the Old Testament that Moses wrote. Elementary school age is the best time for learning and for memorizing things. This is why it's easy to teach a young child two languages. There are still some Jewish children that accomplished that amazing devotion to God today. I'm going to give you a few examples of what else you can do. When you're at a child's birthday party, after singing happy birthday, make sure to say, Jesus loves birthday parties, don't you? When you're at the zoo and joining the animals, say, Jesus made the tiger so big and strong. When you're at the grocery store, say, Jesus wants us to eat healthy food. You get the idea. Say his name often and acknowledge him in all you do. 
Children love to be challenged. Uh, Play games that challenge their memory and reinforce biblical concepts. I still have a bingo game that I made for my fifth grade class. Each square on the bingo card had a Christian word or symbol. The children love to play this game. Play often with your children as you incorporate Jesus and his word. The more memories you make, the more they will remember. Make up your own family game. For example, call it Bible Verses. Write Bible verses on an index card, such as, This is the day the Lord has made, or The Lord bless you and keep you, or Trust the Lord in all your heart, those simple little Bible verses. On one side of the card, write a few words of the verse, and on the other side, write the whole verse. Say the first two or three words of the verse, and then have your child finish the rest of the verse. Each time they finish the verse correctly, they get to put a penny or a dime or whatever you decide in a jar. And then they can use that money to purchase something at the local Christian store or give the money to the needy. This will motivate them to play the game and to learn Bible verses. And this game can be converted into Bible words. Write the word on the front of the card and the meaning on the back. For example, the front of the card could say confess. On the back of the card, it says, saying sorry for our sins, asking God for forgiveness. Or repent, feeling regret for our sins, to turn away from sin and to turn to God. Or born again. When we ask Jesus to save us, we are born into his family. You get the idea. These are the little things we need to do and to do them often. Playtime and prayer time and bedtime and morning time, it should all be about Jesus. If you want to build a strong foundation in your child, this is what you need to do. The Shema, God's command to impress his commands into our children's hearts and minds day by day, moment by moment, are not only for their eternal salvation, but also to help bring heaven to earth, to reverse what has been lost and to become a nation again, based upon Judeo-Christian laws. Let me leave you with these words from Deuteronomy 30, verses 5 through 10. He will bring you to the land that belonged to your ancestors, and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts, and the hearts of your descendants, so that you may love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and live. The Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies who hate and persecute you. You will again obey the Lord and follow all his commands I am giving you today. Then the Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all of the work of your hands and in the future of your womb the young of your livestock, and the crops of your land. The Lord will again delight in you and make you prosperous, just as he delighted in your ancestors. If you obey the Lord your God and keep his commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law, and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Listen, it is up to you who are raising the next generation. William Ross Wallace in 1865 stated, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. It's so true. We can bring revival, but it has to start within the family dynamic. 
which is raising the next generation of warriors. Together, can we get this done? With God, all things are possible. So let's work together to raise the next generation to be strong in Christ. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.